Welcome to the Albany Update with Reverend Jason J. McGuire, Executive Director of New Yorkers for Constitutional Freedoms. Now with this week's Albany Update, here's Jason McGuire. Thank you for giving this week's edition of the Albany Update a listen. In this week's episode, we cover controversial remarks made by former President Donald Trump regarding what he would do with the abortion issue should he be reelected. Then, Governor Kathy Hochul made some controversial remarks of her own while addressing the Clinton Global Initiative. Let's get started. On September 17th, former President Donald Trump was interviewed by Kristen Welker on Meet the Press. During the interview, Welker questioned President Trump about his position on abortion. While President Trump sometimes refers to himself as the most pro-life president in American history, his remarks during this interview raised major concerns about the depth of his commitment to the pro-life cause. President Trump told Welker that if elected president next year, he would sit down with both sides of the abortion issue, would negotiate something, and will end up with peace on that issue for the first time in 52 years. According to the former president, he would work to ban abortion after a certain number of weeks gestation and would find a cutoff point that would make both sides happy. President Trump argued that it is essential for pro-life elected officials to embrace exceptions to pro-life laws in cases involving rape, incest, or danger to a mother's life. In his view, pro-lifers will not win public support for their cause without such exceptions. President Trump also stressed the importance of banning late-term abortions. When asked whether he would sign a bill banning abortions after 15 weeks gestation, he declined to state his position. President Trump did, however, say that Florida Governor Ron DeSantis made a terrible mistake by signing the Florida Heartbeat Law, which bans abortion after six weeks gestation. But here's the problem. A truly pro-life candidate would never call the passage of a strong pro-life law a, quote, terrible mistake. Also, a truly pro-life candidate would not refuse to commit to signing pro-life legislation, like a federal ban on abortion after 15 weeks gestation. Pro-life voters are not looking for a presidential candidate who tries to find non-existent common ground with Democratic Party leaders who march in lockstep to the beat of Planned Parenthood's drum. We are looking for a presidential candidate who is willing to lead on this issue and who will fight to protect the unborn to the maximum extent possible. Then on September 18th, Governor Kathy Hochul delivered remarks at the Clinton Global Initiative. The governor's comments focused heavily on transgender issues and their connection to a larger struggle for justice and equality that she perceives herself and the Clinton Global Initiative to be furthering. There's good news and bad news about Governor Kathy Hochul's remarks. The good news is that Governor Hochul was candid and clear about her ideology. The bad news is that the governor possesses a warped and twisted notion of justice, has a Quamonian loathing for people who disagree with her views, and appears to be disconnected from reality. During her remarks, Governor Hochul spoke of dark forces, far-right extremists, and people whose hearts are filled with bigotry. The governor made it clear that she was referring to people who oppose her transgender agenda. In other words, she's talking about Christian New Yorkers. This is what our governor thinks of us. The truth is this. Christians love kids. We don't want kids to be tricked into filling their bodies with opposite-sex hormones and undergoing harmful and irreversible surgeries as treatments for gender dysphoria. Instead, we want to help them get comfortable with their bodies, as they are, recognizing that God made them male or female and that he knew exactly what he was doing. We also hate dishonesty. 
Telling young people that they can become members of the opposite sex is a lie, and a dangerous lie. Finally, we stand for justice and fairness. It's not fair for teenage girls to have to compete against teenage boys in sports. I'd like to share some quotations from Governor Hochul's lengthy remarks, and then I'll share our response. Good morning. A frequently quoted line from Dr. Martin Luther King is, the arc of the moral universe is long, but it bends toward justice. We've all heard that. But bending toward justice is not always predetermined. It's not inevitable. Sometimes it takes some good people to make sure that happens. And time and time again, there have been dark forces that are trying to push it in the other direction who don't have the same values that we believe describe what should be happening with this arc of justice. Well, Governor Hochul is right about two things. The world doesn't inevitably move in the direction of justice. And there are dark forces that are trying to push it in the other direction. As you'll see from the rest of her comments, however, the governor is sadly confused about which side is which. So for years, we've been experiencing this underground sense that there is this hatred and people whose hearts are filled with bigotry and trying to exclude others because they don't understand them and they're just a little different. And for a long time it stayed, you know, it was here, but it was a little bit under the surface. But what we're experiencing today is the coming out of those forces in a way that is just so reprehensible. But as I said, we have a lot of good people on our side, the ones that are going to keep pulling that arc of justice, the moral arc of the universe, in the right direction. Thus far in this speech, it's not quite clear what or who the governor is referring to when she speaks about this underground sense that there's this hatred and people whose hearts are filled with bigotry. That part comes later. That's what the Clinton Global Initiative is all about. And I thank Chelsea Clinton for her role, extraordinary role in this, continuing the legacy of President Clinton, Secretary Clinton. My God, what would this country be without leaders like that? Still today, gathering us, bringing us together, pushing us to find answers and not accept the status quo or that that arc is going to continue on its own, I don't want to say in the right direction, the left direction, which is the proper one. The Clintons' long and sordid record includes wrong stances on nearly every moral issue in American politics, a disgraceful impeachment trial arising out of President Clinton's sexual predatory behavior, and deaths of four Americans in Benghazi, Libya in 2012, due to the Clinton-led State Department's failure to recall personnel from a location that had become unsafe. It is remarkable that Governor Hochul or anyone else would describe President Bill Clinton or Secretary of State Hillary Clinton as forces helping to move the arc of the moral universe toward justice. We're not here to have a nice policy discussion about our, how are things going. Is, we're talking about change. Change is not words. It's taking steps. That's what I want to talk about here today. When we think about all this, what's going on, it's a well-funded, coordinated effort to destroy the rights of the LGBTQ community, but particularly this is a mom is really hard. The attacks on our kids, our trans kids, particularly. My God, don't you have anything else to do? You're picking on children? 
Looking at young people are struggling internally themselves, trying to find themselves. Who am I? And yet the bigots and the far-right extremists are hell-bent on keeping this up because they think it scores political points. Over the past year or two, Christian organizations in other states have had a great deal of success passing bills to protect kids against harmful transgender medical treatments and to prevent girls' sports from being unfairly infiltrated by biological males with gender dysphoria. Without a doubt, this is what Governor Hochul means when she complains about people, quote, picking on children and engaging in a well-funded, coordinated effort to destroy the rights of the LGBTQ community. But we're so proud that 54 years ago, some really courageous people stood up and said, we're sick and tired. We just want to be together. We just want to dance. We want to be, have some fellowship, be to feel a kinship with other people that understand us. We just want to gather at a place called Stonewall. And the battle raged, went on for days. And finally, those didn't know it at the time, and some are still with us today. They didn't know it then. But that was the seed that was planted for a movement that we know here in New York, we have a special, special responsibility to make sure that the flames that started that day grow even higher. Here the governor is speaking about the Stonewall riots. In the summer of 1969, some LGBT individuals, angered at the poor treatment they reportedly received at the hands of police, engaged in a violent rebellion against law enforcement. The Stonewall riots are often referred to as the beginning of the gay pride movement. It's important to understand that Governor Hochul isn't just proud that a gay pride milestone happened here in New York. She's proud that a violent uprising happened here in New York. And that's what we have to do in New York. It starts here and it spreads across the country. So this is the stand up and fight back moment. This is it. Governor Hochul's LGBT rhetoric sounds a lot like her abortion rhetoric. On both issues, the governor sees herself as a national leader raising a beacon of light to inspire others to fight for justice. The problem is that she's actually fighting for injustice. First of all, the issue of the day, the topic of the hour out in all the other states, is how to stop people from getting their gender-affirming care. Oh, let's not let that happen. That's, that's going to be the fall of civilization, right? We made New York a safe haven. You come here. We'll protect you. We'll make sure that there are no prosecutions. No one gets sent back to your state. We'll protect the doctors, the providers, the supporters, the family, and the individuals seeking this care. We said if you come here, other states won't be able to touch you. Governor Hochul and the legislature are dead wrong about their so-called safe haven policies. There is nothing safe about facilitating breast removal or genital removal for teenagers with gender dysphoria. Medical practitioners who engage in these practices should be incarcerated. You don't understand the power that you have. It's extraordinary. Just imagine you get government, enlightened governments like here in New York. Others follow. You get enlightened businesses doing the right thing. Others follow. All of a sudden, they add up the fact that there's so, much, so many more of us, the good people trying to do the right thing, compared to the haters. And maybe someday we start driving the haters back underground where they belong until they have a change of heart, then you can come back up. But until that day, until that day, just keep it yourself. Just keep it yourself. You don't have to tell us. You don't have to make other people feel bad because you're insecure yourself. That's what it is. 
You're threatened. You're basically threatened. No, you didn't mishear that. Our governor wants us to shut up. It sounds like the governor who came before her, Andrew Cuomo. Unfortunately for her, we're not going anywhere, but we will continue to speak the truth in love. Another child should not be born in the world who faces the kind of discrimination that members of our community receive today. It's just not right. Sadly, the rapidly pro-abortion policies of the Hochul administration will prevent many children from being born into the world at all. And finally today, on September 13th, the Board of Education of the Syracuse City School District voted unanimously to implement a new building use policy. According to Syracuse.com, the new policy will require users of school district buildings to adhere to the district's code of conduct. The code of conduct reportedly includes a non-discrimination notice that calls for equal access to educational opportunities regardless of sexual orientation. The board took this step because earlier this year, parents had objected to the use of space at Nottingham High School for church services. Listeners may recall that Syracuse.com reported in June that Radiant Church was holding Sunday services in the Nottingham High School Auditorium. Radiant Church is a Baptist church with traditional, biblically-based beliefs about homosexuality. Recently, Radiant Church has met for Sunday services at a different location. It is not clear at this time whether the church will apply for permission to return to Nottingham. At New Yorkers for Constitutional Freedoms, we believe that the district's policy could be vulnerable to a court challenge under the First Amendment. You have been listening to the Albany Update, hosted by the Reverend Jason J. McGuire, Executive Director of New Yorkers for Constitutional Freedoms. New Yorkers for Constitutional Freedoms exists to influence legislation and legislators for the Lord Jesus Christ. To learn more about this ministry, issues you've heard on the program, or to make a financial contribution in support of New Yorkers for Constitutional Freedoms, visit albanyupdate.com or call 585-225-2340. Additionally, you can mail correspondence to P.O. Box 107, Spencerport, New York, 14559. You can receive the latest legislative updates at facebook.com slash albanyupdate, follow New Yorkers for Constitutional Freedoms on Twitter at Albany Update, or sign up to receive the weekly Albany Update email by texting the word FREEDOM to 22828.